you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. If you want more where this came from and want to support us in general, head to a thing or two HQ.com and sign up for Secret Menu, which will get you weekly access to members only content. To share your thoughts on this episode or anything at all, leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 or DM us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. Hi. Hi. Coming at you live from California where I don't have a mic stand and we're going to see how it changes the energy. Coming from you live um, from New Jersey where there was a cat. There's a cat downstairs named Cheeto who I was hoping was <gasps> going, but he does not purr on command. So we wouldn't <sighs> even know. We wouldn't know. have even known. Yeah. You know, listeners, let us know if you can tell that we're not holed up in the same home offices we've been in for the last 18 months. <laughs> is is there slightly <laughs> is different echoing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know... As exciting as it is to be recording in separate places, we had something equally exciting happen like a couple weeks ago. We made a huge discovery. Well, so we've loved this shop forever. It's called Nalata Nalata. It's in the Lower East Side in New York, right? Yeah, like East Village or like... Oh, Alabama. sorry. You're yeah, right. You're yeah, right. Yeah, it's East yeah, Village. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's kind of a dream shop. I, I feel like it opened right around the time maybe like I had gone to Japan because I remember being like, I can't believe this exists. This, this is, is what I wanted. This so here. that would be like 2014, 2015-ish. That feels right to me. Um, but I think it was maybe, yeah, I think it was like 2013, 2014 okay. for their website, which we'll get into a bit more, <laughs> uh, like a lot, a bit more. Yeah, uh-huh. But basically the shop specializes in like work by Japanese artisans and it's a very lovely, beautiful shop. But the thing is, and I feel like I, I don't know how many times I've said this about a store that has like, you know, a physical place and e-com, the e-com experience is just even above better and beyond above well, and beyond. I, I do think we need to emphasize that it's like such a special shop with only the most, oh my gosh, beautiful, yeah. no, no, no. unique pieces. I, that's not to degrade the shop at all. Only to say that like the e-com is magical. Well, so I also feel like the best way to set it up for people for Japanophiles is if you know Tortoise General Store in LA, this is sort of New York's best answer to it that I'm aware right. of anyway. I think that's um, It's right. not as expansive as Tortoise General, but it's like same vibe, same idea, all just 
incredibly carefully selected pieces. Everything feels incredibly deliberate. And I would say that same sentiment applies to their website relaunch. Yes. And you know how like you go on any e-com website at this point and it all just feels like the same. You already like know what the navigation is going to be before you get there. It's all very formulaic. Like everything is just like from, you know, feels like it's from the same template or whatever. Well, this is like just the most delightful exception to that. Like nothing feels like it's from a template. Well, the other funny thing about it and like what you just said is exactly true. Everything, all e-com sites feel pretty much the same and you can sort of suss out. You're like, oh, this is Squarespace. This is Shopify. You know, even before you get to the thing. The other thing is that most brick and mortar shops that launch e-commerce, it you get the sense that like they're they're really focused on the brick and mortar and they it's sort like of, secondary. It's secondary. Yeah. yeah. And you yeah. don't yeah, yeah, yeah. fault them for that. You're like, I no. get it. And I'm just glad you have e-com. You have a lot on your plate. You got a whole store to manage. There's plumbing in there to deal with. You don't need to be worried about servers. That feels like a lot for like one one business. So there's a couple behind this shop, Stevenson and Angelique. And if you would like to dive into their full story, you will have every opportunity to because this website goes like so deep and it just like makes you want to know like there's well, there's like a gif of the of angelique getting a bowl cut from her mom as a child which you'll ha- you'll it's i'm leaving it to you to figure out how like how that relates to me part of what's so charming about it and why i got so energized by it was because it felt very 2010 launching of a kind vibes when you and i must have gone back and forth 30 times over the about us section and oh my gosh of course so much detail and care into it in a way that i think wasn't really done then and is definitely not done so much now where you're just giving people way too much credit i'm pretty sure we credited the people who made our certificate of authenticity st louis tag company we were like everybody I think we should be giving st louis tag company even more credit honestly like <laughs> i just feel like we because also reading this site you're like they really do go through and like give credit to so many people the people who did the mill work at their store are called out by name their first customer read is called out by name like all of it and i just love it that it's like not this sense of like oh we are the two people who did this thing. It's like, no, there's this whole community, the people that contributed and everybody's like valued here and represented. And even before you read all of that, just looking at the website, it's so clear how much care they put into it. And it comes through in most emphatically, I would say in the product descriptions. The product descriptions are works of art. Um, Absolutely. Not an overstatement whatsoever. And it was very hard for us to choose what our favorite ones are. And I don't even like, I would like to see, read all of them and have the chance to like rank them all, but they are just tremendous. It just concerns me because you said you pulled these all from the Slack conversation that we had upon making this discovery. And I was like, I actually, I showed a lot of restraint in that Slack conversation. I'm concerned (laughs) we're missing some if you only pulled these from the Slack conversation. I exercised so much restraint and like, I don't know if these are the best ones. These are not, I I would never say that these are hands down the best ones. This Mm -hmm. is not meant to be completist in that way Mm -hmm. at all. These are just a few of our favorites. Just a few that we felt were worth sharing with a broader audience. For example, they are all also, they all start with, I am, Okay. (laughs) So from the perspective of the piece that is being sold. It, which feels a little cafe gratitude in its way where this LA vegan restaurant where you ha- you're not allowed to order just like, I would like a gratitude bowl or I would like the grateful bowl or I would like the vivacious bowl. You have to say, I am vivacious. I am grateful. So in this case, it is, I am a two-spouted cast iron pan. 
My love for your cooking is so overwhelming. I need two places to pour my heart out. Like, don't you just feel so many things? <laughs> so first of all, I, everything is personified in this way that you feel suddenly a personal connection to this item because you're like, you're telling me something about yourself. And if I acquire you, I am entering into a partnership with you. I am entering into a relationship with this object because now I know something about you. It honestly feels like reading like Pet Finder or like <laughs> a, like cat adoption website yes. or like something mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, like I do feel fertility. Like <laughs> I do like have like a deep now emotional connection to like Tillery, um, which is like what, you know, the intention there, of course. Same with this. Same with this. I do really wonder with each of these, and we will continue to read some more, just I want to know what the process was. Like, did they just meditate on the two spouted cast iron pan for a while? Did they sit at the computer? Did they like workshop four or five options? How do you get to this level of mastery? Craft? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that one, if I have one uh, complaint, it's mm-hmm. that I don't know exactly who wrote these. That was not spelled out for me on the website or on the very thorough, like, welcome to our new website mm-hmm. statement that exists on the site. I just feel like it were strokes of inspiration. I do not feel like there was workshopping. I don't feel like it was like, I do not think these were written by committee. These no, really I feel, yeah. yeah. Definitely the same person wrote all of these. Should we read some? This one I yeah. really loved. I am a bamboo box. Bam, boo, did I scare you? <laughs> Which I, so good. It's so this good. This one feels like a broader sort of statement on life to me. I am a Minnetake bamboo spatula with hole. Once in a while, I let things slide. You can't catch everything that swirls by. I was really thrilled by the welcome to our new website statement, which you referenced, and which is how they announced their new website with this in email form. It is so long. It is like the longest blog post. It's like, you know how people complain about the blog posts that come before recipes and they're like, why just get me to the thing? This would drive those people crazy. But every word of it is worth reading. I totally agree. Honestly, this entire site just feels like if you're feeling jaded, if you're feeling like no one tries anymore, no one gives it their all, like everybody's just like phoning it in or like, what is this world? Go to this website. Can I just read you a part, <laughs> a, a paragraph from the welcome to our new website Please. statement that feels Please. like it really um, captures Does it, it? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming to our online world over the years. We hope these website changes make it more enjoyable to discover all the products and people we love sharing with you. Like we mentioned in the fifth chapter of our story, sometimes we get entangled in the daily activities of running our small business that we forget to take a step back and see the bigger picture. This new website was an opening for change as much as it was an opportunity to reflect on our evolution thus far. I just... The fifth chapter of our story. (laughs) Uh, The opportunity for reflection that is this website redesign. I love it. I just love it. You can tell it means something to someone. It's just so special. And you know... I don't know, you know, how many resources go into this website, but it's like, like certainly not the type of website that is also like banging you over the head with Instagram ads and following you around the internet with ad dollars. So it's not as if this is like somebody was like, let's just pour all of the resources into this and go big and capture the entire market. They just genuinely did this for the love of it. And I love it so much. It's just almost so much feeling. I have an idea. I think that... Tell me. We should both go to the shop page and randomly click on one thing and read the product description. This is going to be like roulette, like product description roulette. Which again, maybe is a thing to do when you have a bad day. You know, (laughs) it definitely is. That's like kind of how I'm feeling about it. Okay. Okay. I already got a great one. Yeah. Step stool. I am a step stool. I'm happy to support you when your ambitions are high. I'll be right there for you as you reach for the sky. 
Wow. I am a large lidded black ash wood wastebasket. Never have I missed a challenge to swing high when tapped on the shoulder. Wow. Wait, I have one more. Tell me. I am an oval-lidded basket. Don't even try to put all of your eggs in me. It's so good. I just feel like it's life philosophies. A ton of life philosophies are coming through here. It does actually feel like it could be like a good party game or just like a version of tarot or something. Like instead of pulling a tarot card every morning, you just click on a random product description. It's an eight ball or something for your day. Yeah, exactly. 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 Thank you so much to Calm for sponsoring today's episode. So for this ad break, um, this is like a tiny like moment of therapy or something. I love this. I love this. <laughs> we want you to take a break, unclench your jaw, relax Doing your shoulders, it. let them roll down your back, take a deep breath, because sometimes we just like need these reminders. I need to be told probably a hundred times a day to unclench my jaw because Claire, it's like I can I can feel the tension in it. I can like I. I dropped my shoulders when you told me to. And don't you feel better? I feel better. And my shoulders are so confused. They're like, this is a (laughs) weird position. We don't do this at all, ever. We don't do this. We don't do this. This is one of the things that I've been really excited about Calm, that it's been getting into the space of understanding the sort of like physical connection that our bodies have with the way that we hold stress and anxiety um, and, you know, just sort of like dealing with like, wellness and like mental health stuff. And this just feels like such a no brainer way to be like, right, I need to be doing these things for myself, not just for my brain, but for my body. It's so crazy. Like as much as I think I know that we all know that mental is physical and vice versa, I need to be reminded multiple times throughout the day. And Calm is so wonderful for that. We are so excited to be partnering with Calm, the number one mental wellness app to give you the tools that improve the way you feel. Clear your head with guided daily meditations, improve your focus with Calm's curated music tracks, and drift off to dreamland with Calm's imaginative sleep stories. And if you go to calm.com slash a thing or two, you'll get limited time offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of programming. And new content is added every week. Over 100 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds. Sleep more, stress less, live better with Calm. For listeners of the show, Calm is offering a special limited time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash a thing or two. Go to calm.com slash a thing or two for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's calm.com slash a thing or two. Thank you so much to Modern Fertility for sponsoring today's episode. As always, before we get into this ad read, we wanted to take a minute to acknowledge how painful the topic of fertility can be for a lot of people and to send our love to anyone dealing with infertility or pregnancy loss. And to that point, if you need to skip over this read, just go for it. Hit the 30-second fast-forward button three or four times, and you should be in the clear. So Modern Fertility. As much as we are taught about planning for life, finances, careers, relationships, et cetera, I feel like there's so little talk about how to actually plan around kids, which is so fascinating to me. And when you stop to think about it for a minute, it feels like it's so obviously like yet another way we're fucked by the patriarchy because it's one of these things where you're like, why would women need to like plan their lives around having kids? What else are you doing? Right? Like that's how it was for so long. We didn't need to think about it. But and it's also, I think, a science thing for a long time. It wasn't like, you know, you could. What is planning? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. 
But that's no longer the case because now it's possible to know so much more about your reproductive health. And Modern Fertility uses a finger prick test to give you info on your egg count, menopause timing, if your hormone levels indicate conditions like thyroid disorders or PCOS, which are all good things to know whether or not kids are in your future. So Modern Fertility is the easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. You mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within 10 days. Traditional testing with a doctor can cost over $1,000, but Modern Fertility only costs $159 to get the same information. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash a thing or two, you can get $20 off your test. Also, if you have an HSA or FSA, you can use those dollars on Modern Fertility. You'll get insights into how many eggs you have, hormone levels, and other important fertility factors. The results go deep into what every hormone means so you can actually like understand the data that you're getting. And you can talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse to review your results and options for next steps. If you want kids today, maybe one day in the future, maybe not at all, you want to get the information that'll help you make the best decisions for you. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash a thing or two. That means your test will cost $139 instead of the hundreds or thousands it could cost at a doctor's office. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash a thing or two. Modernfertility.com slash a thing or two. I'm Michelle Kwan. In 1996, the world was in the midst of a massive cultural movement that saw women finally taking center stage. Nowhere was this shift more apparent than at the 1996 Summer Olympics in Atlanta. This audience was the loudest thing I have ever heard in my life. The noise, everybody's cheering, and we see all these USA flags. It was the most important summer in women's sports history, and team after team after team, the U.S. women kept winning. Basketball, soccer, softball, gymnastics. I just said, give me mine, like, give me mine. Join me for Dear Media's Summer of Gold, presented by Together. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Should we move on to something equally energizing? I suppose. I suppose. I've been asking for a while to uh, talk about what we keep in the fridge. You have. Well, and specifically produce. Like I, the other stuff, it's like, well, I guess there's some some other stuff we want to touch on aside from produce. But basically, twice in one week, I was inundated, assaulted with scolding from various sources, people who I love and respect about not keeping produce in the fridge. And two very like disparate sources, both influential ones. The first one being Sophia Rowe, who was like, feels really strongly about not keeping basically like anything in the fridge. Um, She's also- can help it, yeah. She's also, to be fair, like really obsessed with fungus and mushrooms. And so that's, that's part of it. And then Molly McAleer on her podcast was also just talking about like basically being like, what, what kind of dweeb are you that like puts this stuff? You don't have to put that stuff in the fridge. Don't put any of that stuff in the fridge. Like really well, what like- kind of dweeb? I like this angle of being you know, like <laughs> uncool. It's like deeply uncool to put That's, things in the fridge. I was trying to remember the word she used. It wasn't dweeb and it wasn't noob, but it was like something like that. Um, yeah, where I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. wow. I mean, I get where you're coming from, but also it is hard for me to overstate how refreshing I think a cold apple or a cold orange is. And I like, Sophia went really hard against putting citrus in the fridge. She was like, it grows in the sun. Why would you put it in the fridge? But like a cold orange slice, cold watermelon, grapes, cold. Pineapple, I think oh is delicious. God, cold, pineapple, it just feels cold, like preach. cold, cold. But yeah, and here's the other thing. I, I also like, 
you know, food waste is a thing. Food waste is a thing. And if I keep my lemon, like if we buy too many lemons and keep Mm -hmm. them all out, that is not going to work for me. It's just like not. And I need to be honest with myself. Maybe I'm a little dorky for putting half of my lemons (laughs) in the fridge and I'm okay with it. I don't know. Erica, I have to say, I really tried with the lemon thing because also like a bowl of lemons on the counter. What Nothing looks better. Stunning. They mold so quickly. I don't know what is in the air at my house, but it's immediately moldy and disgusting. Claire, I can tell you as a person who had an unworking fridge last summer, that Mm. when you don't refrigerate certain things, it's really impressive how quickly they go bad. And so that was my learning from that experience. And so I do find, like, I think like with certain things, I do kind of take like a half and half approach, Mm -hmm. like with lemons and limes. It's like, I keep the half that I'm not going to use over the next couple of days in the fridge. And then the ones that I am out and like, I don't know, that's like nice for me. I think, so the one thing that I know that I'm really like, okay, this is not, this This will be ruined by the fridge is fancy raspberries. Like, you know, when you get the raspberries from the farmer's market that they don't even taste any remotely like the raspberries you'd get at the supermarket. They taste like a different creature altogether. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And those also are going to be consumed so quickly because A, they're delicious and B, I have a toddler. And so I'm like, fine, I will keep them out. However, they do mold immediately if you don't eat them in, within 24 hours. That's the thing. I do. I feel like I treat produce that comes from the farmer's market differently than I mm-hmm. treat produce that comes from the grocery store because it's like, if it's been the grocery store, it's already been refrigerated. What am I like saving right. for? Or like, you know what I mean? Like, That's a very good point. Time. I can't turn <laughs> back time. That is such a good point. Like the damage has been done. Right. Like, who am I kidding? Um, (laughs) And so if it came from the farmer's market, I agree, but it also tends to like be eaten more quickly because otherwise it's like, I'm not going to leave raspberries out and like attract the fruit flies either. The fruit flies too. It it needs an entirely separate episode. The fruit flies are a whole thing. And you know, in my house that they're going to be like, things constructed to trap the fruit flies, mm-hmm. which are going to drive me insane. So yep. I just have to prevent that issue from even <laughs> becoming an issue. I mean, you know. The one thing that I'd say I'm like really strategic about is the avocados, which I feel like is yeah. a whole dance. Like it's a very yeah. carefully choreographed dance about like keeping them out just long enough to get right. But then if, if, if you're not going to use them immediately, you have to put them in the put fridge. Put them back or in the fridge, yeah. And or so they're trash. They're going in and they're going out and they're going in again. The <laughs> all, and, and it's like all because I thought I was going to do taco night on Sunday night, but then I didn't. So now they got to go back in. If they're cut in half, they're always going in the fridge. Like if we're in a saran wrap situation yeah. or like an avocado saver situation, that then it's going back in the fridge. I'm not putting a, like an open avocado out. But that's that's like my one sort of exception. I don't need a cold avocado, you know? No, I prefer fact, not. I pre- yeah, I prefer yeah, no, room temperature. No. Always, always. What other like fruits and vegetables do you prefer room temperature? A banana? Yeah. Which well, I don't, don't even, even really like, like a banana. Bananas. I mean, is that even a fair? <laughs> Honestly, none. Like I will say, okay, so we've been in California for a bit and it's peach season. And so we've been getting tons of peaches and nectarines and I've been leaving them out on the counter because I guess maybe I do prefer those. Stone fruit, I think I prefer yeah. room temperature, like apricots and plums. Yes. That yeah, doesn't I've, sound good cold or like yeah. as good cold to me. I don't know. And the flavors are like a bit subtle enough that like I do think cold, them being cold would sort of destroy it. Probably. Zap them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I mean, not that I'm eating these room temperature because I'm cooking them, but I keep onions, shallots, garlic out on the counter. Same. Same. Always. But honestly, I just really... Fruits, for the most part, apparently with the exception of peaches, I just really prefer cold. And, and think- in fact... I like don't like them room temperature. Like a room temperature apple to me is like drinking room temperature water. I'm just like, what is this even doing for me? 
Interesting. Interesting. I can do a room temperature apple, but only if it's like a good apple in season. Again, yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah. A, okay. Like, yeah. If, yeah. You know, I, I mean, do. this is the thing yeah. with all of this. It's like, if the flavor is like actually really good, then I like it like that. But if it's like subpar, then the cold helps. The thing about keeping onions and garlic and shallots and that stuff out is it also just helps me to know where we are with it, like mm-hmm. to keep track of levels um, yes. without having to check for things. Because mm-hmm. I feel like I need to need to like know where we are with garlic. 100% because it's something you stock a lot of. You got me a really cute, I guess it's straw gardening basket. I don't mm-hmm. know what it's made out of. Yeah. Um, and when I moved in as part of like, I think an attempt to inspire a gardening habit in me. And well, no, you had a little yard. I do and have I was a little, like, this yeah. feels like, this feels like a real treat to have this little yard and maybe you want some chic gardening things. <laughs> well, I've used all of the chic gardening things, but the the gardening basket has become where I keep my onions and shallots and garlic. Mm. And I think it looks very cute on my counter. I like that idea of using yeah. these like gardening baskets as like mm-hmm. counter storage. Um, it looks very do, cute. In general, I think also having a like fruit bowl that you like or just a designated place to put these things helps me keep them out and just like remind myself to consume them because I do think that that is one issue of things going in the fridge is that like you forget at 3 about p.m. where I'm like I want a snack I don't necessarily open the fridge or it's like not the place that I like think to go but if I see a peach out I'm like oh a peach I remember that God, that's a very good point, actually. My parents always have produce out on the counter, which is maybe maybe part of my always putting it in the fridge as a reaction, but it really does inspire you to eat it when it's out. I also just do like that look. It feels like to like reference an aesthetic we brought up in our imperfection episode, it feels very call me by your name to have just like a countertop absolutely cluttered with molding fruit. Like, and so, just and, like some cherries that are like yes. kind of dripping in their own juices. Exactly. It's very sexy. <laughs> it's very browning bananas, a ramekin of fuzzy rosemary, raspberries, like molding grapefruits. And then there's obviously the peach. Um, but uh, it does feel like there's an aesthetic to the moldy fruit on the counter that that I can get behind for sure. Yeah, it's, it's just ripe. It's real ripe. <laughs> I also, the other thing I forgot to mention amongst things I absolutely will not refrigerate is tomatoes. Mm. Okay, so with tomatoes, I refrigerate, I don't ever refrigerate like an actual tomato, but I mm-hmm. refrigerate grape and cherry tomatoes. At, again, if they come from the grocery store. Makes no sense to me. I so I was getting something out of your fridge recently and was like, why are these tomatoes in here? And you didn't, you were like, I don't know. I just refrigerate those and I was upset because about again, it. again, I think it's a situation where I'm like, they've already been here. They're like mm. wrapped in these little containers. Like they're not, they're not like a pure product. Like, yeah, I'm no, not, I, he- yeah, I hear I you know, on that. There are it, kind of, it's a very specific logic. I don't know. I do feel really strongly about tomatoes not being refrigerated. And I wrote about this for the secret menu newsletter, but part of it too is that I'm fine with them going bad because I can always just roast them in the oven and then use them as a condiment. And so that I think that's part of why I will always keep them out because I'm like, mm. it, the flavor will be better. And once they start to go bad, I will slow roast them. And then they're like basically preserved for another week. So for me, I think I'm like, they're already bad yeah. when I bought them. And so I'm <laughs> always going to cook them. I'm like not really yeah. eating these, like I mean, whatever. Yeah. Fair, fair. Just just the like grocery yeah. store ones. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I, that's rude. I don't like, I don't think they're bad. I just think that they're- Well, I do have a really premier. strong- I do have really strong opinions about which of the Brands. grocery store cherry tomatoes are good. And it's like the Campari, the D Vines, 
D yes, apostrophe vines. <laughs> sure. Because <laughs> um, I like, I mean, the tomato, the stemmed tomatoes. And there's another like cherry or like plum tomato equivalent that I like. I'm forgetting the name of, but, and they're not always refrigerated. They're like sitting out in the produce section, but you know, it's cold in there. So. Well, and they were on a truck and I don't know what was happening in there. Yeah. You fair, think they just showed up at that grocery <laughs> store on their own. They just <laughs> rolled up. <laughs> So I was trying to get a handle on what other mm-hmm. what other expert uh, what other yeah. experts say about this topic. And there's a guide from the kitchen, you know, K I T C H N, about storing fruits and vegetables. And there were two things that I needed to call out. It said, yes. "Do not store fruits and vegetables together. Fruits give off high levels of ethylene, the ripening agent, which can prematurely ripen and spoil surrounding vegetables." Which, like, I was like, "Okay, hear what you're saying," but also like, we only have one. CRISPR drawer. Like what are like I what am I supposed to be doing about that? I mean, we have two and I still don't really follow this cuz I also I don't know, just all goes bad eventually. I yeah. don't know. I also it all goes bad eventually. <laughs> that is our that is our take on produce. <laughs> it just it also just feels like and not that like dividing fruit and vegetables is so much to think about, but I do think there's like certain fruits you're also not necessarily supposed to store together. And so then it like, yes. you know, yeah. it no, just feels, it feels like a lot to keep track of. The only thing I like was vaguely aware of this ethylene thing, because at some point I was like in desperate need of avocados and only had unripe ones. And the internet told me to put them in a brown paper bag with bananas because yes, the ethylene yes. would help them ripen. That is the trick. That is the trick. Okay, wait. If you were upset Mm -hmm. about the previous one, wait till you hear this one. Non-cherry stone fruits, avocados, tomatoes, mangoes, melons, apples, and pears will continue to ripen if left sitting on a countertop while items like bell peppers, grapes, all citrus, and berries will only deteriorate and should be refrigerated. So this is a completely different take. Wow. Wow. This is so much to keep track of. Non-cherry stone fruits? Like, I just can't possibly... It's just like, this is the type of thing that before the internet, you would have to call your mom on when you got home from every grocery trip and be like, mom, do I put this in the fridge? You know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah, like, you can't yeah. possibly be expected. Only your mother can can be expected to have memorized all of this. We were going to move on to another yeah. um, topic, which was mm-hmm. eggs and butter. Yeah. Um, it feels extremely aspirational to me to not keep eggs or butter in the fridge. Like a friend of mine growing up, her parents were Brazilian and they would always like leave those things on the counter. And I was like, wow, that is just like so much chicer than my house. They also like had oil and vinegar on the table for mm-hmm, salads mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and never used bottled salad that is dressing, very, that is very chic. was all that was going on in my house. So yeah, no, yeah. that is definitely very chic. And like having your olive oil out, having your olive oil out on the counter is definitely chic period. I agree with you completely, but if I see eggs out on the counter, I do assume that they've come directly from the source and that they've never been refrigerated, which is part of yeah. what's chic about it, I suppose. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. Have you ever tried to do the like butter? Like I've tried to do the butter bell thing, you know, that mm-hmm. little like mm-hmm. crock where you mm-hmm. fill it with butter and then there's like, you create a seal with water and uh-huh. and it's like always room temperature and perfect hypothetically. So it just spreads right on toast and mm-hmm. like what feels more like every day is Sunday morning than that. <laughs> You know, I have never personally tried it. And here's why. Because it was really controversial in my friend group for a bit. My my like home friends were A, like in competition always to see who could pitch something that would end up in our Monday newsletter. And one of the things 
came up was this, my friend was like, I've got it. It's this butter crock. And she was like, you guys, it's amazing. Everybody was like, that's weird. You're supposed to put butter in the refrigerator. Like it's dairy. That's weird. That's weird. She was like, every day she was like, no, this thing's so great. I'm telling you, you're going to want to do it. And just pushed for it, campaigned for it. And then eventually had to admit defeat because and texted a picture of mold on it, on the butter and was like, never mind. I take it back. You're right. It doesn't work. And she'd gotten this really beautiful, like handmade ceramic one. I, the thing is, I just don't spread butter enough, like mm. for it to be appealing to me. It's like every once, you know, when we have corn in the summer, then I always want room temperature butter, but that's kind of it. Thomas eats a lot of toast. There's I like mean, a I, lot of- yeah. I should eat more toast with butter. It sounds delicious. Yeah. I mean, it is delicious, of course. Yeah. But yeah, no, I feel it. this this device, I mean, I can't remember if I tried it once or like if I tried one. I mean, I think I just had one. But mm-hmm. it just makes you feel like you're doing something wrong and also that you're just like <laughs> a dumb American. You know yes, what I mean? Totally. Like nothing, it's just like, oh, well, the French can clearly figure out how mean, to do this, but not me. I'm obviously intimidated by the idea of creating a water seal, all of it. I mean, it's well, you don't, I mean, the water. I understand. The it's still like, you know, I do too much water. You know, I would do too much water. And that it the would water, overflow. It yes. would over, it'd be butter water on your counter. And the it water would, would get dirty because I'd like drip some olive oil salt in it accidentally. And then that's where you get the mold. And like, it would be a mess. No, I agree. I agree yeah. with this. This is a self-aware, um, yeah. like take on why the butter not for you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Ah. <laughs> uh, <sighs> Thank you so much to BetterHelp for sponsoring today's episode. I feel like it's like hard or it is actually, it it feels impossible to me to wrap my head around all of the tragedy that's been happening everywhere around the world lately. It just really feels relentless. It feels impossible to process. And it's one of those things where I'm struggling with it personally, but I also know that everybody around me is struggling with it. And I think it sort of forces people or at least myself to be like, I I don't need to take my own struggles with it so seriously because everybody is struggling with it. But the fact that I'm not dealing with the, like the the real hardship of it. And exactly, exactly. And like, if it's something that we're universally grappling with, do I really need to be so woe is me and like do something about it? Right. Yeah, exactly. But therapy is for everybody, whether or not you're struggling with something. Certainly if you are struggling with something, whether or not everybody else is struggling with it, it's worth talking to somebody about it. But it's also just one of those things where I think we feel like we have to be suffering some unique or special burden to talk to a therapist. And that's just not the case. I, I've i told you, Erica, how I um, have a real soft spot for the TikToker tanks. Um, you have, you have. By it's me tanks. And she said on Instagram recently that she would never date someone who wasn't in therapy. And I loved that. I was just like, that that's a prerequisite. And I'm like, yeah, you don't need to be struggling. You don't need to be sad. You don't even need to feel like you're fucked up. Just nice to have a therapist. And I just love that better help just makes that sort of transition to doing this thing that feels like there's a lot of barriers to it a lot easier. If you are interested in talking to a therapist or and or dating tinks, um, <laughs> better help is it could be for you. It is not a crisis line. It's not self help. It's professional counseling done securely online, so you can get help on your own time and at your own pace. They have over three thousand U.S. licensed therapists across all fifty states and four modes of communication. So you can text, you can chat, do phone, video, and you can start communicating with your counselor in under twenty four hours and schedule weekly secure video or phone sessions plus chat and text as you need. 
Anything you share is confidential. And if for any reason you're not happy with your counselor, you can just request a different one. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if you need or want to. We want you to start living a happier life today and to just start dealing with anything that you want to start dealing with. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash a thing or two. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash a thing or two. Thank you so much for supporting the sponsors who make it possible for us to bring you this show every week. Thank you so much to Cove for sponsoring today's episode. I love this company. I am so excited whenever we get the chance to partner with them because it's genuinely changed my life. I am a paying customer of Cove and have been for a while. They provide migraine medicine in a way that is really game-changing for migraine sufferers like me. I have suffered from migraines since I was in high school. And since then, Erica, you know this as well as anybody, my medication is just a constant thing to manage. I cannot leave the house with it. If I leave the house without a pill on me, I'm like in real danger. And not only that, but I'm constantly having to be aware of how much of it I have left. And if I'm running low on my pills and I you know, wouldn't have a prescription renewing for a while or a refill due, I would do this thing where I would be like, I don't can't tell if this is actually going to turn into a full-blown migraine. So maybe I won't take the pill right away. Spoiler, it's always a migraine. It's always <laughs> going to turn into a migraine. It's not like a wait and see like, situation. Yeah, but you're forced into this like play it out mentality because you're like, well, what if I get one tomorrow that is like a more intense one and I only have this one pill left and then what? That's a lot. And it, it's a lot. And it's also so dumb because also like the one thing I've learned about pain management from seeing doctors about this is like, you have to get to it early. Like the longer you wait, the worse it gets. And then it's harder to get under control. And so having to be in that situation of being like, will I get to my doctor in time to get a new prescription? Will the refill come? All of that is now gone because not only do you not you know, need to go through insurance with Cove, but they give you more pills than I was getting when I was going through insurance. So it's been a total game changer for me and I am so grateful to them. So what is the deal with Cove? Cove is the leading online migraine clinic. It specializes in the diagnosis and treatment of migraines, all from the comfort of your home. Did you realize that there's only one specialist per 80,000 migraine sufferers in the US? That is clearly not enough, but Cove makes quality care accessible and affordable. Go to withcove.com and complete an online consultation designed by leading neurologists. It is as thorough as an in-person doctor's visit. Then a licensed doctor will review your migraine history and recommend a treatment plan customized specifically to your need. What's more, your prescriptions are delivered right to your door. So it's not like you're waiting around for a doctor's appointment, waiting in line at the pharmacy. It's just specialized care to help you better control your migraines. It is affordable. Your doctor's fees and prescriptions are as little as most insurance co-pays and prescriptions start at just $10 a month. With Cove, you can have more migraine-free days. Go to withcove.com slash a thing or two for 50% off your first month of medication and free two-day shipping. That's 50% off your first month of medication and free two-day shipping at withcove.com slash a thing or two, spelled W-I-T-H-C-O-V-E.com slash a thing or two. All right, something else controversial. Hair length. I would say that hair length and what produce you keep in the fridge are pretty similar in terms of controversy level and also general unimportance. It's spicy. Okay, so hair length. Why? What got us on this topic? What got us on this topic was we were doing an ad read for Nutrafol, and which is one of our longtime brand partners. And I was telling you about how I am now back in this place where I want long hair after cutting it 
four or five years ago, short for the first time since I was a kid. And you were like, wait, you do? And I was like, yeah, it's this whole thing about being a mom. And like, now I want long hair. And you were like, we need to talk about this a little bit more. Yes. Okay. So, so here we are. Me, tell it, tell me your like hair, hair story. Um, so not to be confused with her story. <laughs> Not to be confused with a brand hair story, hair story, which I always mm. pronounced hair story, but now I'm questioning. Um, oh, interesting. Who, by yeah. the way, make an incredible product called New Wash. Check it out. Not sponsored. Um, <laughs> so when I was a kid, my mom always made me get my hair cut short. Like, I, and it wasn't up to me. And my mom was definitely one of those moms who was not about like letting me create my own personal style, which like, you know, <laughs> long-term turned out fine because she has great style and it rubbed off on me, but was definitely like, no, we're doing what I want to do. And I, I think it was like a combination of it being the late eighties and early nineties. And that was the fashion. And also I had curly hair and I think she was like, what am I, I'm not, what am I going to do with this? And she, she wasn't sitting around braiding it. I need, I need to pipe up with something which I hadn't really thought about is that I also was like only had short hair when I was growing up. I feel like there was some point when I was told that it like didn't look good long, which like mm. also we probably would have never known because it was definitely <laughs> never allowed to get long to find out. Yeah. But also the reason you don't like let little kids have long hair is because it's a pain in the ass. Exactly. It just gets tangled and gr- like, na- like you, it's like so much more work to have like long hair that like popsicle like oh, completely gets in than not. So like maybe it had to do with curls. Maybe it had to do with all of these things, but maybe it was also just easier. Also like thinking about it, how frequently did I get gum caught in my hair? And like, why? Why do I feel like getting gum in my hair was like at least a twice a month occurrence or twice a year oh occurrence? God. No, I feel like it, like every six months, it was like, oh, there's gum stuck in my hair. Why? See, and this is why you weren't allowed to have waist length hair as a child, because imagine how much you would have had. I been. also just think, and like no shade to my mom, who's an incredibly skilled artisan in so many fields, like sewing, knitting, whatever. I just like, I honestly don't believe she knows how to braid hair or like put it in a ponytail. She just has never had long hair herself. I can't like picture thing. it. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but of course I just always wanted long hair. Like I just thought long hair was the greatest thing. I thought it was pretty. I thought it was like pony-like. I just like my friends who had long hair, I was very jealous of. Do you remember Crystal Gale? Not really. Who's that? She was a country singer, but like uh-huh. in uh, probably in the late eighties, early nineties, she was, I think she was mostly known for having ankle length hair. Um, like that's kind of all I knew about her. She was like an icon of long hair, basically. And I remember knowing about her when I was in kindergarten. What was that doll that existed when we grew up that when we were growing up where that you could like, basically you pressed a button and it's oh, hair grew longer and then you could like cut it and like, yeah, you know what I mean? It like stored like basically just lengths of hair in its body. I do kind of remember that. I, I never really had that, strange. but I had totally hair Barbie. And totally hair Barbie. <laughs> totally hair Barbie was a like tremendously prized possession for me. I remember she going, also had like ankle length hair basically. She did. And maybe you could cut it and maybe it turned pink in the sun. I may be conflating a couple of different Barbies, but I remember it was like, I learned about totally hair Barbie. I wanted totally hair Barbie. I behaved well so that I could get totally hair Barbie. You um, could definitely, you could definitely cut it, but yeah. You know, well, but then and her, she didn't have angle like hair anymore. So and then. I often did. And now my niece plays with many Barbies with pixie cuts um, as That's a right. result of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think the other thing, the other reason why I wanted long hair was because my mom had short hair. And so it was like, that's like a mom thing. Like I'm cool and young. I want long hair. And so when I was able, when I was, my mom was no longer the one, you know, in charge of my haircuts. I, that's when I started growing it long, which also, by the way, was just better because I have curly hair and it weighs it down. So it becomes like a little bit more manageable because otherwise you're always getting that like mushroom poof. And Unless you, have, like, you know how to cut curly it. hair too. And incredibly thick hair. Yes. Yeah. 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 
What's your hair story? What's your hair story? <laughs> I feel like my hair, ex- with a few exceptions, has always been basically above my shoulders, except when I was in college mm-hmm. for a minute yeah. when we were starting of a kind and then during the pandemic. And whenever it wasn't in that like state, it was like, it was either like time, money, or like not having the wherewithal to get it cut. Right. Um, like it was like never really like intention so much as just like, this feels not happening. But then I feel like there was a moment, I mean, like definitely after we'd started of a kind, like maybe right before, not right before your wedding, but like soonish before your wedding, where you were like, I am going back to how short it was when I was younger. Like it's shorter now than it ever was in college. You were like, I'm going back to like youth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Short. But also it's just like harder to maintain short. You know what yeah, I mean? Oh, one, like you have to get it cut all the time. And oh my God. And like when you don't have time or you don't have a person that you like yeah. or you don't whatever, whatever, you don't have money or you don't want to spend the money on it that it just like was never that short because when you, when it is short, you just have to get a cuddle time, which is like why, like, I don't know when I think about your mom's hair or our friend Lizzie Fortunato's hair, I'm like, wow, you, that's just like so much maintenance. Like I'm super impressed with. I mean, the, my like, mom goes upkeep. every six weeks. It's insane. You have to, if it's like. Well, now she's to. platinum blonde. So that's another thing to keep up with, but she's retired. So I guess that's what you can do. Totally, <laughs> totally, totally. But totally. this was my, so, okay. So after having really long hair, like stupidly long at some points for a really long time, I very impulsively in 2017 got it cut short and am now, I believe, at the end of that journey of keeping it short. In part, Erica, because you do have to get it cut all of the time. It's it's truly the avocado of haircuts where you're like yeah. waiting, waiting, waiting for it to be perfect. And then it's perfect. And then it's over. And you're like, now it's too long. I need to get it cut again. No, I, this, is, this is for sure part of the struggle. My hair does just like look, I have fine hair. And if it goes too long, it just doesn't do anything. It just mm-hmm. like hangs there. And if it's short enough then, you know, it on its own just, you know, has a little bit of bounce. It likes to like- it, have Your hair looks energy. straight short and it, it does, it gets a little, it gets a like little flipped out little wave. Kick. It's yeah. very cute. Yes, yeah, exactly. exactly. But I think one of the things I've always struggled with and, you know, I've never had like long, long hair, but was just the idea that like, I feel like short hair is never deemed pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like sort of like what you were talking about before. You wanted like long, pretty hair. You wanted thousand like, percent totally hair Barbie, like mm-hmm. whatever. Like the idea that like oh, it like long hair is pretty and feminine and blah 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 blah. And we had a friend who got a bob, also modeled after mine um, at the time, and then was like, oh, I feel less attractive with it. And I was like, well, that feels <laughs> a little fucked. <laughs> yeah. No, I, um, or that like she wasn't getting like the attention yeah. she was used to or like something. But I think, um, I mean, yeah. I think that tracks completely. Like long hair is definitely associated more with femininity and there is a whole, you know, history of this. I'm sure Nell Diamond, who wrote her thesis on this could give us, give us the academic side of this. But I do also think, you know, when I think about when I wanted long hair, like what was in then, like, I, I mean, even if you think about like, I might a moment when my hair was particularly long in the early 2000s when the style was super feminine. It was like long nails, long hair, frilly skirts, um, like all the stuff that's coming back now. And, you know, when I cut it short and like also when you cut it short, it was more of like the like menswear was really more of having a moment. And like, it was about that sort of like shorter, more minimalist vibe. And like the idea that like, I think the flip is that like, oh, well, like, short hair can be cool. Can long hair be cool? Right. Like, you know, or I like, mean, can it, can it like have like an edge or like any, you know? So that's, like, that's what's, that 
is super interesting to me because I felt so much cooler when I got my hair cut short. It was a very like split second decision. I was did not intend to do it. And but it worked out well because I was training for a marathon at the time. So I also was like, oh, this is so amazing to like go for long runs without feeling this giant weight. Um, but like truly the, a weight on the back of your head. True, like actually <laughs> a weight. I mean, guys, my hair is so friggin', it is both dense and thick. And it is very in, like it, it's weighty. And so it was so it felt physically liberating. But I also was like, I feel cool. I feel cooler. I didn't know that I would like feel this cool with short hair. And what's weird to me about it now is now that I'm in this place where I want long hair, it's because my short hair makes me feel uncool. And I think it has a lot to do with being a mom. That's interesting. I think I feel like like it's like a mom mom hair. I guess so. I mean, I certainly don't. Yeah. I mean, I think part of it is that my mom always had short hair. And I think that like moms of, of our, like the moms to our generation always had short hair. It was just like a short, sensible cut. Yeah, Um, Yeah. 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 But I, I remember a friend saying right after I got it cut, she was like, I like it so much. I mean, I have, I just like feel really strongly that no woman over a certain age should have long hair. Like you just shouldn't, which is ridiculous. And it was meant to be a compliment at the time. And it felt validating at the time. And like, it's obviously just absurd period because there's no rules around this stuff. But I think also now I look and I'm like, yeah, I don't want to be an older woman with short hair or something. I don't know. I don't think that, I don't know. I mean, I was going to say, I don't think there's such a thing as mom hair, which is actually not true because I think John and Kate plus eight told me that there is such a thing as mom hair. But uh-huh. I and don't it, think it, that it has, it has it, anything to do with length. But, you know and I mean? there's an overlap between mom hair and I'd like to speak to the manager hair for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, <laughs> um, yes. But I agree, like I agree, but there's definitely such a thing as mom hair. It yeah. just, but I, it also is probably generational. And I think for me, I just think of all of the moms of my youth having bobs. Um, you know what it's like? It's like the idea of like names feeling like they have an yes, age or something exactly, where you're like, exactly. oh, like, what's a good example? Like, um, God, there's like no Shirley. way to give it. Yeah, Shirley. totally, Shirley, totally. Shirley, um, your grandma's name, it feels like it was for at that time, like part of that generation. And mm-hmm. I'm sure now, you know, Shirley's going to have a comeback and we also and have Shirley Manson and like whatever. <laughs> yes. Um, but like, you know, these these things feel like, rooted in some sort of like age time oh, for sure. generation or whatever. I think that's absolutely true. I also just think that there's the idea that like moms need to be sensible and can't be dealing with long hair. And so you need to have this like sensible short haircut that you can just, you know, wash and go or whatever. Because it's not about you anymore. Exactly. You know? Like <laughs> has nothing, the, no, no longer can you care about yourself. It's all about this child. Exactly. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I do want hair that I don't have to deal with at all. But I mean, I, listen, I haven't blown my hair dry in two years. So it's I, totally kind of and like. I'm really envious. And I <laughs> um, I mean, this my hair problems extend beyond just the length, but I did catch myself realizing like I want longer hair because to me it feels younger, which is crazy because when I got it cut short, I've never felt cooler. But now I'm like, I want, I think if I have longer hair, I will feel like more youthful and sexier somehow. I don't Interesting. know. Weird. Yeah. No, it's also weird. The uh, the like flip of when you were saying, you know, the person who said, oh, like women over a certain mm-hmm. age shouldn't have long hair or whatever. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I think about is the idea that you have to like have the face to pull mm-hmm. off like a mm-hmm. really short cut. Like mm-hmm. you have to look like Natalie Portman or Issa Rae right. or Charlize Theron to do like a pixie cut or like yeah. close crop or like, you know, any actress who's ever shaved her head for a movie, you have to have mm-hmm. that face. Um, <laughs> and I'm just Wait, like, never forget Robin. Oh God, from um, 
Empire Records. Robin Tunney, is that her oh, last yeah, name? Yeah, yeah, Robin, iconic, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Iconic yes. head shaving moment. Iconic, iconic, beautifully featured head shaving. Yes, <laughs> yes. she's person. got a face for it, absolutely. Oh my God. I'm very taken with people who have made short hair their thing. Like my aunt, like her best haircut ever was this like platinum blonde pixie cup, obviously Lizzie. I truly wish that I thought I could pull off that cut. And I don't think I could for a lot of reasons, but I think there's like nothing more aspirational than that. It just, it feels great to me. And it feels, it, it you're right. It feels very like, fuck it, this is my thing. The idea that you could go to a barber. Oh, yes. You know, Amazing. like you could go to a barber. <laughs> it would be a dream. Just pay, what, what do you pay at the barber? Like 15 Thomas bucks? Thomas pays like 16 bucks or 18 bucks. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. The dream. I, and you just walk in, Claire. You don't make an appointment. Wow. I mean, yeah. I even make an appointment to get Cam's haircut. You do? Well, because there's just the one guy who I think does a good job. Everybody else cuts okay, his bangs too short, you know? Okay. Thomas just waits until the guy's free and says, no, I want Eric at Neighborhood <laughs> Barbers in East I love Village. It. I love or it. Eugene. He likes Eugene too, but okay. yeah. Well, maybe I'll take yeah. Cam there one day. See how it goes. It's great. It's wonderful. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on, do you want to talk about getting your hair getting cut too short? Uh, okay. So here's the thing. I really like the last few haircuts I've gotten, mm-hmm. but I just feel like it's impossible. And maybe it's just with like this length where it's like, there's not that much wiggle room. There's not that much to work with between like my chin and my shoulders or like the you know bottom of my ears and my shoulders or whatever. <laughs> I'd but say your neck is plenty long for there to be some variation it there. I feel like <laughs> there's like a range to me. Uh-huh. I feel like I have a conversation where it's like, I want like an inch off and then that's the starting point. You know, it's like they cut the inch off and then it just keeps going. This is another reason why I think my journey has ended with short hair is because every single short haircut I've ever gotten since the first one has been too short. Yeah. It just, it's like the first hit of drugs or the first taste of ice cream. Like the first one was the best and it was just never the same after that. I also just do think that like, it's harder to stick that landing, you know? Yeah. Then if mm-hmm. it's like, if you've got long hair down your like back or whatever, like, oh, you go in and shorter, it's no one, you can't even really see it. I mean, so true. So true. It's also, I think a little bit like, you know, where you're talking about, like, there's like a minute in real life and then there's a minute on the treadmill and those are very two different things. <laughs> it's like, there's an inch in real life and then there's an inch to hairdressers, to like hairstylists. Yeah. And those are two very different things. I think that's right. I think yeah. that's right. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and I think you just have to be conscious of that when you're talking to them and just say like, actually, I'd like a millimeter off and then see where that gets you. Just a trim. I think I think you start <laughs> yeah. using the word trim. Yes, I think that's where right. that takes me. But you know, at the end that's of the day- That's an interesting like, thing. Maybe that's, I've just been doing the wrong thing by saying I'd like my hair cut and I need to just say, I just want a trim. Yeah, you know, I want the same <laughs> thing, but just a Yeah, shorter. That's yeah. interesting. Okay, okay. Yeah. Anyway. Well, good luck to both of us on our hair journeys. Your hair looks great. Thank you. Thank you. You know what? It's like two weeks after a cut. Yeah. And it's like the perfect length right now. I honestly kind of think that's ideal. Two weeks after a cut, it's where you want it. Yeah. It's like, I think that that's sort of the same thing with like Botox, although I think it's longer, but you're like, you don't want to like go on TV the day after you get Botox or the day after you get your haircut. You want to give it a little time to settle. It has to settle. It has to settle. And that's where we are. Yep. Anyway. All right. That's the show. This has been a production of Dear Media, and we are so, so grateful to the talented team over there for helping us to make this podcast happen, especially our outstanding producer, Brian Peoples. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. If you have ideas for the show or want to advertise, email podcast at a thing or two HQ.com. 
find show notes and sign up for our newsletter at a thing or two hq.com. If you love our show, consider supporting it by signing up for a secret menu at you guessed it, a thing or two hq.com.